Psychotherapy with Dr. Afia. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the relationship between our hair, our health, and our heritage. For my third season, I'm sitting on the couch with influential psychologists, and I'd love to invite you to listen in as we explore the significance of mental health, the important relationship between psychologists and our communities, why culturally informed wellness is important to us, and even some common myths about our work. And so in this episode, I'm so excited to have my mother. She's not my birth mother, but my spiritual mother, my psychological mother, Dr. Mawia Kambon. And so she goes by other names as well, which you'll hear all about in this podcast today. But I do want to give you a very brief bio. So she was born in Harlem, New York, and raised in Stamford, Connecticut. She moved to the South, specifically North Carolina, after she got married and started her family. Now, mind you, the stories I've heard, she built her own house and delivered her own children, but that's not in the bio right now. Um, So though her family has been in the U.S. since slavery, in the 1970s, she began to recognize the importance in reconnecting with her African ancestry as a key to mental health. So she is licensed, clinically trained, and a psychologist, and she also is the founder and owner and operator of Onipa, which is a holistic mental health and family-centered therapy service and treatment center. Um, so I'm so excited to have her here. Welcome, Mama Wea. I call her Mama Wea. Thank you, Afia, Dr. Afia. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's my name on the streets, yeah. Dr. Afia. So I'm so excited, but I know that bio was so short and does not include all of the wonderful and exciting things that you've done in your life. So can you fill us in in terms of that bio of all of the things that led you to becoming a psychologist? So I know there's a whole bunch of schools and people that probably influenced you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, of course, the greatest influence was my grandmother, Mm. my maternal grandmother who raised me, Billy Hill. And, uh, you know, along with my grandfather, uh, Frederick Davis Hill, but she was probably more influential because of her love for children. Mm. So in our home, she had a daycare center um, where she uh, raised 35 children every day. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I would go to school and come home, you know, from the time I can remember. And part of my job in coming home was to help take care of the children. So I grew a love for children. So when I got ready for college, she told me I needed to do something that had to do with children. Mm. Of course, you know, who listens to somebody with wisdom? So I decided to become an accountant. Really? I never heard that. (laughs) Yeah. I decided to become an accountant because it was hard to get into the business school. I went to University of Connecticut, and Mm. I wanted to do something challenging. (laughs) Of course, so my grandmother knew best. And so... um, after I didn't like the environment there for that, yeah. um, uh, you know, of course, I went to school during the protests of the 60s, late mm. 60s. And so there were, you know, a lot of issues dealing with black power uh, there. And the um, Vietnam movement was going on, but mainly the black students were, you know, focused on black power. There's so few of us there. Mm. In the whole school, there were, um, well, in our class, our incoming class, there were 15 blacks. This is a state <laughs> school. University. Out of thousands and thousands, thousands of, students. of students. In the whole university sector, there were 10,000. On campus, there were probably 6,000. And on the whole campus, 
there were 30 blacks, 15 of which were in our class. And the 30 made up, were made up of continental Africans too, you know, so. Wow. Um, so it was, we were very close, to mm-hmm. say the least, and did a lot of things together. Um, so it was a rewarding experience in that sense, but it was then also that I realized I needed to change my major. Hmm. And that was when social work was first coming in, mm-hmm. um, and everybody was doing that, so I couldn't do that. <laughs> so um, I had always wanted it to be different, you know, this part of this Aries that, you know, kind of rams and rebels, you know. So I got interested in psychology, and my professor told me not to do clinical because that's the area all blacks went into. And so I looked into experiment. Of course, this was not a black professor because I went to a school there where <laughs> I had, had no black people, no professors. Especially a professor in right. psychology. So um, I looked at it, and they cut open animals, and already I had a love for animals, so I wasn't doing that. And I went to, um, and of course, undergrad, does, it doesn't matter anyway, because you're not going to major in anything relative except psych, general <laughs> psychology. So I did that. And um, after graduate school, moved to New York. My mother lived in New York all mm. the time. Um, my mother was a jazz singer. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my, I was living with my grandmother, who didn't think it was proper for me to be running around You, you had to be with all the other 35 kids right. <laughs> that she was taking care of. So um, moving to New York, um, I went to uh, Teachers College, Columbia mm-hmm. University, and that's where I met my husband. Mm-hmm. And we've been married for 43 years wow. as of uh, April, and uh, we've been together for 45, 46 years. And so um, we've had a long, long journey together, um, a very wonderful journey. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, we have three children. Um, and uh, that's, you know, probably my heartbeat is, mm-hmm. is my own children and my grandchildren, mm-hmm. you know, so. Um, so that's something about my life. Um, I've always been interested in caring about people, so also do a lot of community work and trying to uh, educate our own people so that they can have some foundation for the work they do mm. instead of just going out and doing things because it's needed. You need to really have a base of knowledge mm-hmm. for why you're doing it so that you don't direct our people into the wrong mm-hmm. wrong way. Um, so I do that. When, I, when we moved to North Carolina, yes, we uh, moved, built our own home, started <laughs> with a little log cabin, and then we added on over the years. <laughs> And um, that's where we raised our, our family. Mm. Um, now they're all grown, and uh, <laughs> two of them have three children each. Um, our oldest daughter is a pediatrician in Florida, um, Lakeland, Florida. Our middle daughter is a business consultant, and our youngest is um, uh, teaches at the University of uh, Legon, Ghana at Legon in, mm-hmm. in Ghana and has lived there for 11 years. That long already? Mm-hmm. Wow. So we can tell by our oldest granddaughter. <laughs> they <laughs> took her at six months over there and mm-hmm. so he's never turned back since he's been there. Wow. Um, we're real proud of the progress our children have made. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of my work is to try to nurture our own people Mm-hmm. to become the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about me and the things the, I do. Yeah, this is a very powerful journey in terms of thinking about how your education and motivation to be a psychologist is really 
grounded in your family. Mm -hmm. So from your grandmother and even your children and now grandchildren having the motivation to um, really create healing spaces for them. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm also mindful that you have taken a step beyond psychology to really master the healing arts. The psychology, I'm assuming, didn't have enough of the things you needed to heal African and black people. Can you tell us um, a little bit about your journey in terms of healing and health and wellness, um, things that you've done for yourself and your body and mental health, and even the further training that you have done um, on the continent. Okay. Well, again, it starts again with my grandmother. My grandmother wrote poetry. <laughs> and so um, that was also a part, the, the spiritness that I felt when we sat down and just listened to her read these poems because she wrote heartfelt things, you know, about the least among us, you know, mm. and so that I just could remember some of the stories of like a little girl standing by the window um, waiting for the angels to take her because nobody would play with her mm. because she was crippled, you know, mm. and those, and we would sit there and listen and ask her over and over again to get it. So the emotion and the caring came from listening to those stories, you know. Uh, and so, yes, um, further on, when I went to school, graduate school, to become, I realized that it was not um, relevant mm. to the things that I wanted to do. I was already active, you know, this was the time when the Black Panthers were uh, out in the streets, when black power was uh, at its height. And I'm looking, they're asking me to read about Freud and Young and <laughs> Sullivan and all these people. But it's also the time that I uh, first learned about ABCide. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mis mistakenly thought that I joined ABCide in 1968, but it was this Black Students Association, just that we were all black in New York. So I didn't, <laughs> you know, realize it wasn't a the ABCI at that time or even later. But when I, you know, talked to some of my colleagues, uh, BSPA had what our counselor, our advisor, was also a member of ABCI. Okay. So we kind of got confused about who we were at the time. and um, But we were a very strong group in New York because um, uh, even though we were all not from New York, um, New Yorkers have a way about themselves, you know. <laughs> And yes, so, we do. Yeah. And so we, <laughs> we did a lot of things. In fact, we had a conference, and I was um, like one of the um, uh, facilitators of the conference that we had up at City. And um, we invited people in. People came from all over the country to this uh, Black mm. Students Conference. And that was in 1972, mm. just a few weeks before I was to take my first mm. journey to Africa. Mm. And so I had bought a ticket with this group um, out of uh, Long Island City, um, with, which was Nana Yawapari Denizulu. Mm -hmm. Well, Nana Yawapari Denizulu had begun to uh, organize the Akan um, in, I think, 68, and had taken at least one journey of initiates over to Ghana. And so when I found, I didn't know anything about him. I just knew my friend came up and said that uh, there was this flyer of a trip to Ghana for $299 round trip. What? 
And so I bought the ticket. <laughs> and uh, this was before marriage, so you know, you know, my husband knows I'm impulsive, you know, because I'm a ram, I'm an Aries. Uh, so I called my grandmother, told her she wasn't shocked, you know, that I would do this, you know. I've never been much bigger than I am. <laughs> Um, but I've also had a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And so that friend was supposed to go, and then she fell in love, so she decided not to go. And But others, a couple of others went. But we were on a plane. Okay, so remember, I went to University of Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut. So integration was all around me, mm-hmm. even though our, our network of friends was all black. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm used to integration. Culture shock. I get on a continental plane of what? 250 people, mm-hmm. all black. Mm. All black, even the stewardess were black. And the pilot? Did you I, well, I, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know, but I believe he was. <laughs> that makes a good story. <laughs> and so, and in fact, I've told people that. <laughs> and so we get to uh, Ghana, Accra, and you don't know. Well, the airport you saw is closer to the way it was than it is now. Now it looks like any other airport. It's uh, modernized. But then it had a balcony. Mm-hmm. And when they do- opened the doors, the people were screaming and yelling for us to, welcoming us wow. to come to their home. They want, our, we had come back. Wow. And Nana Yawa Paradenazulu, who is now an ancestor, um, there were just streams of people in white priestess Mm -hmm. who had come to greet him at the airport and were welcoming him and they did libations and here I am this bug-eyed young woman standing at the top watching this splendor beneath these libations being poured again I had no knowledge of what was going on but it had an impact Mm -hmm. and so that trip was six weeks in Ghana and so (laughs) I got to see a lot of Ghana and uh, from what I understand, spirit touched me then. Mm-hmm. So you asked about my expansion mm-hmm. of uh, psychology. Um, obviously, it happened before I came to Earth. Yeah. When I became aware of it was um, years later. This same friend had told us about some things that Naniyao was doing, and they were um, spiritual presentations out in Long Island City at his place. And so my husband and I went, and, you know, by then we were not into religion, and uh, you had to do a lot of bowing, and we had made commitment we don't bow to no man. (laughs) (laughs) So it was interesting for us to sit there, and they kept coming over, telling us to stop crossing our legs and stuff. I mean, we didn't do it intentionally, just habit, you know. So So we sat there, and um, uh, the event... Uh, was a presentation where there was no talking. You just um, were there. And then we left. Um, Little did I know, and this is how this happened, uh, I started being more active in Mm -hmm. ABCide because I didn't go that often back then. Um, And uh, so I didn't officially join, but I would go. (laughs) And I would be pumped up every time by... Asa Hilliers, the Bobby mm-hmm. Wrights, the, you know, all the great people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, but, you know, I was timid and young, so, you know, I wouldn't go every year, but when I did, it would just last, mm-hmm. you know. And so it really nurtured my awareness 
of the state of our people, the needs of our people. Uh, and I forgot to tell you that when I got to New York again, I applied to graduate school at Teachers College, mm -hmm. Columbia, and decided to go into counseling psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, um, so, but that experience um, really started um, lifting me up. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm going on and on. If you want to interrupt yeah, no. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like. I've heard some of these stories, but not this version of it. So I'm so entranced, like, and then what happened? And then how did this work? Yeah, so I'm just even thinking about my experience of coming to ABCI for the first time was actually for the 40th anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, joining um, it earlier that year when I was at Howard. And so that was a year that Asa Hilliard had passed. Wow. And so that there was so much ritual and um, mm. panels discussing his work. So that was my entry point mm. into it. And I can remember you. Mm. I can remember you very vividly speaking and, and really... I felt like you were radiating. I'm like, I need to know that woman right there. <laughs> and I remember even sitting at the table with you just because I think it was full. Not that I knew you for one of the... Um, dinners. And um, Baba Kamal, your husband, stood up and said, why are we eating this terrible food? Why are we paying this hotel all this money? And just like, he's right. And I remember feeling really even moved by what he was saying. And then there was even a party and they said, okay, now we're going to do our tribal dance. And you all got up and did the electric slide. I can remember. Of course, you remember Baba Kamal did not get up. Yeah, he did electric. not do it. But I can remember mm -hmm. just even thinking like, wow, so they could be all African and intellectuals, but also dance and have fun. I remember even like Marvin Gaye was playing, you were like spinning and stuff. And so I just, um, it's interesting to hear your experience of first coming and even how it parallels mine, but that you were that person for me mm. in terms of really um, feeling moved in every year looking forward. Of course, I see you other times of the year, but really being in this space where I see you as the queen mother wow. of ABCI in terms of really thinking about um, your strong understanding of healing and spirituality and even uh, holding and facilitating uh the women's healing circle and that's one of my favorite parts mm -hmm. every year too and so I know you talked about this journey to Ghana the first time but I'm also seeing my parallel there mm -hmm. in terms of she didn't say it but Mama Wea also has um, a travel company to Ghana and other places now it's expanded but the first time that I ever went to Africa was with her on the Sankofa journey. And this was a major trip because this trip I got engaged and all of that too. So it obviously changed my life. There was nobody standing clapping when we got off the plane. But um, I feel the energy in which even stepping down on the ground first, I think my husband, then boyfriend took a picture because I was just so exhilarated by the experience. Can you tell me a little bit about the Sankofa journey and how that started and how it's been expanded and even the connection between Sankofa Journey and ABCI. Okay. Well, of course, that experience with Nani Yalpur Denizula was, you know, just extraordinary. Mm -hmm. um, later, I got more involved with ABCI and became, um, uh, and so it parallels my my spiritual journey as a spirit did uh, spirited uh, facilitator. Mm -hmm. 
and my role in psychology in ABCI are just meshed. Mm. Because as ABCI was growing into understanding the difference between us being uh, black psychologists and African mm-hmm. um, was also developing. And so I became the first General Assembly chair. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, know that, that I served two terms for. And uh, we, we were the, we were hardworking. There, there's no parallel to the kinds of things we did. Again, working hard day and night to get our stuff done. And then having some time, because we had people who played bidwis and all that, the, those of us who didn't play would watch. You know? <laughs> um, and, but it was all like wherever we went, we were contained there and very, you know, emotionally uh, drawn to doing the work of ABCI because mm. that was the role of the General Assembly. The board were, were the, um, you know, do, were like the directors. Mm-hmm. But the work that they were charged to do was done by the General Assembly. So we would write the papers and whatever the different areas were, that's the work we did. Mm. You know? So, um, you know, again, raised with an understanding how important it is to be committed to our people means you do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, it, it came upon me that I just wanted to go back to um, Africa. And I had a group of young people that I would uh, sort of mentor in spirituality mm-hmm. at our cultural center. So we had a bookstore called Blacknificent Books mm-hmm. and the Bay New Cultural Center. The bookstore has closed, but we still have the center although it's not the same kind of activity that we used to have because we used to bring in all kinds of speakers. We had, uh, we had Baba Asa there. We had meetings of the ABCI uh, think tank to form the African-centered um, portion of our training hmm. that Darrell Rowe led. And so we would have think tanks there to develop the content of it. And Wade came and... Um, Marimba and Huberta and trying to think of all the people who were there, Anthony Smith. And And what is the timeline on this? Like, was this the 80s or? This was the 90s. The 90s, Mm -hmm. okay. And so so all of this was going on. um, And at the same time, I'm working with these young people who had come from A&T and Mm -hmm. North Carolina Central and St. Aug and Shaw that would convene at our place to learn more about African spirituality. Mm-hmm. So in 1998, I decided to take a group. I had gone back in 85 and had gone back in 90. I went to see the new Asante Henny being stooled. I saw mm-hmm. when they brought the golden stool back from wow. hiding, you know, and all of those things. I just went and, you know, asked him out. I just got on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided that I needed to extend this experience and feeling and knowledge to others. So in 1998, with some young people, we started the Sankofa journey. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was initiated in 1997 mm-hmm. um, to um, a shrine in Kumasi, mm-hmm. outside of Kumasi. And so um, as we journeyed through, we also stayed there because I had work to do. And then, and so that's where it started. It started with that. I took Obadle, I think that year, mm-hmm. or the next, whatever. But anytime I would come to, to uh, Ghana, I would bring things back. And one year, I bought a tape back 
from this company that only had two African languages on it. One was Kiswahili and one was Chi. Mm. And you never saw Chi or any other African language on any other of the European-based mm-hmm. tapes. So I brought it back intent to learn Chi. <laughs> well, my son took it and taught himself Chi. Wow. And so the next oh trip we went to Ghana and we're in the village, he's talking. <laughs> and the brothers impressed by that you know, keep talking with him. What they didn't realize that he geared the conversation to the only the things he needed <laughs> to say. <laughs> but he was so excited when he said he learned to uh, tell jokes in tree and when he could learn to dream in tree. Mm. So that started his journey, but, you know, that's another thing. So that was my beginning of my initiation mm-hmm. as well. Um, that was in 97, but... I had been told prior to that because I had gone to a spiritual reader in, in Washington, D.C. to find out about the challenges I was having with my role as General Assembly Chair. And it wasn't really the role, but the kinds of issues that ABCI was going through. And so um, I went to her, and at one of those um, readings, she told me that... Um, I was to be initiated to this mm. um, particular spirit, which we joked about because I knew nothing about what she was talking about. <laughs> and, That's part of the faith. Right. <laughs> so, but it took me, uh, I, so I, because our next think tank uh, after North Carolina was in L.A. And at, uh, that uh, Cheryl Grills, Dr. Tewating, mm. Cheryl Grills had, set up, and she bought this Nana Bas. So that was before that. I'm getting my dates. Because <laughs> 97 was when I met him, yeah, mm-hmm. at, at her place. Mm-hmm. And uh, immediately she asked him if he would, you know, take me on. And I'm like <laughs> shocked. I had told her this, but I was prepared to do this with this woman in D.C. But, of course, you know, hey, why not? <laughs> so I went ahead. And, you know, no regrets. That was to the Amartya. Um, But I had made a promise to this other spirit. Mm. So three years later, after I finished with him, um, I came back to this woman who told me that I needed to be initiated to this Mm. spirit. And so that started that journey. And so as I I finished my my graduate work at Duke in... Uh, that's where I got my PhD mm-hmm. in 1990, and so then this comes up in 97, and so there's been a, you know, parallel almost, but then it's sort of like the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just took over, and so I, you know, most of our people in ABCI are researchers and right, and <laughs> yes. academicians, et cetera, <laughs> but I do I do the work as mm-hmm. spiritual work. And so I'm I'm more an applied clinician. I really am a clinician. So mm-hmm. I'm not writing papers and stuff like that. Uh, the, uh, Which you uh, have written. Yeah, I've read it. But my my heart and my love for our people is nurtured in the ABC. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so these this is my family here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I love my biological family. I, I mean, there's nothing that's bad. But this family here, boy, it would be very difficult for me not to see myself with mm-hmm. the Association of Black Psychologists mm-hmm. as we grow. 
Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm mindful of you really engaging with this family of choice. And correct me with the numbers if I'm wrong. So you were the president in 2000. No, I was the president in 1999. 1999, okay. But the General Assembly, when I was on the General mm-hmm. Assembly, which was probably around 1988, mm-hmm. we made a commitment to have a 10-year backwards journey to Ghana. Mm. So there was a bait, debate first whether it should be Ghana or, I can't even remember the other country <laughs> it was, but Ghana you know, won out. And so I had no idea I would be president. But what we did was every other year we started the backward journey from our enslavement, looking, going to different... Uh, towns where we knew slavery had been, you know, a real stronghold. Mm. Um, occasionally, we go to the West Coast until we found out. Well, it was there too, mm-hmm. you know, because um, uh, the West Coast was getting envious that we were doing all this East Coast <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and so we learned more. And I can remember one time. This was when I. Oh gosh, it brings tears to me. I had become very close with. Um, uh, Nganga Fukia mm-hmm. and um, had invited him uh, when I was getting ready to be installed to the AB side to speak, you know. And um, so I'm watching uh, Baba Asa, Baba Fukiao, Baba Wade, Baba Naeem, all of these people coming together. And we had this um, workshop, and Asa sort of got there. We would give Asa topics, Mm -hmm. but by the time he was to present, he had his own topic. So he had come early. This this year was in Charleston, South Carolina, Mm -hmm. and he had gone, and which he typically did, got there early, went around, found out the history of Charleston, Mm -hmm. and that's what he presented. The knowledge of what had gone on there, and um, and Baba Wade, similarly, the power in their presentations. So we couldn't get all of the great ones to come to speak mm. at the General Assembly presentation, but Asa every time, mm. Wade every time, would come and speak. Mm. And so, um, yes, 1999 was when I was installed as president to complete the, pre- the activity for our journey to Ghana in 2000. Mm. I can't tell you what that was for us. Mm. That We had three planes. <laughs> then Ghana Airways was flying. The now, that's funny, but Ghana Airways <laughs> was flying. So that's what we took. So we had an all-black experience again wow. in terms of plane, planes coming over. And so it wasn't all 500 psychologists, but the families yeah. and other people as well that came. We had no, notaries from every place. All the black people that, <laughs> that did anything came on that journey. And it was power. Mm. Asa was our keynote, you know. So, um, and we... You know, I remember one time, oh, this is something else significant that I think 
that I contributed or Spirit helped me do was as General Assembly Chair one day, as I told you, sometimes things bothered me about how we couldn't move forward. Mm -hmm. So I took a break and that evening went to um, the uh, Black Social Workers Conference that was on. Mm. It was at the same time that we were meeting uh, in Atlanta and Asa was a keynote. And so I go in and I have my seat, not you know being conspicuous or anything. And they had an African ceremony. Oh, you don't realize, we didn't always act like this. <laughs> I'm like, Amy Sides always went African. No way. <laughs> so yeah, people came in there, their imitation zoot suits and everything else back in the day. Um, but when I went there, uh, this brother Kate was in charge of the uh, conference and had this ceremony. And uh, back then, the president was, oh gosh, this brother out of New Orleans, whose name I may remember. Um, and his voice was powerful. Mm. And all this African energy with children bringing in Asa, et cetera, mm. and having this ceremony. I said, how is Side <laughs> not going to be doing that? Yeah. So I brought it back to the Side, and they charged Baba Wade for, uh, with pulling it together. Mm. And that's how we started. That's how we mm. got moved. Spirit moves through many of us different ways. Mm. He was charged with coming up with the rituals, et cetera. And, all. and, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, and much of it is based on a con tradition, the rituals we do mm -hmm. in the association. But one of the things that I really want to point out is that um, it's, I see it more with us that it has to continue, that we have to get rid of the boundaries that s separate us, especially mm -hmm. our cultural boundaries, because whether we're Yoruba or Khan, uh, no matter what it is, we're all one family. Mm -hmm. And it's that one family who's going to do the healing for our people. Mm. Gosh, hey. This is very spiritual even doing this podcast. I think this is my most spiritual experience <laughs> on this. And so um, I'm mindful that people who haven't gone to ABCI would be, will be listening to this or who haven't been initiated or maybe even people who haven't been to Africa yet. Um, could you tell us... How you envision the future of ABCI? Maybe um, having at least the next 20 years. Mm. It's interesting because that question was asked the other day mm. in a workshop. Mm -hmm. And so my vision is that the Association of Black Psychologists, which may be differently named by then, mm. will be the leaders in uh, certifying, credentialing anybody who attempts to work with the healing of black people. Mm. And we will be doing it from a perspective of mind, body, and spirit, a holistic mm. perspective. So that we will then, in the ABCI, have ways of helping our people, just like they did in ancient Kemet, become masters in their skills, mm. accountable for whatever they do, and prepared to break their stools if they do any violations mm -hmm. against our people. Mm 
So I see that as the role of the AB side. But more than that, I see black people rising, understanding who they are and whose they are, Mm -hmm. walking with the energy of their destiny, true to know what that is, and fulfilling it. Hmm. All right, you are charging me. (laughs) (laughs) And even the the students that I'm helping to cultivate um, as part of the next generation of black psychologists. Um, But I I have a question for you. Me? Well, it's not even a question. (laughs) I have a charge for you. Okay. Because as we listen to you speak, um, with your powerful presentation, the other on it. Psychotherapy. Psychotherapy. It's psychotherapy with Dr. Thea Podcast. Right, right. <laughs> psychotherapy. Uh, you laughingly said, and when I become president, so I charge you to, you have been very active in your local chapter mm-hmm. and have even gone out to speak for the national. It's time for you to get involved more mm-hmm. in the national business of the Association of Black Psychologists. Okay. I have to accept. I have to accept the charge. Mm-hmm. I will. All right. I'm supposed to be interviewing her, but um, <laughs> so I guess in closing up this interview, I do want listeners to be able to stay on top of all of the projects you're working on. So I know that you have a very um, entrepreneurial <laughs> and African spirit in terms of these businesses. So um, what are some of the businesses and how can people stay up to date with what's going on? So I have a, a, one of my entrepreneurial businesses is um, Asase Heels in honor of Mother Earth. Uh, Mother Earth in the Akan tradition is Ya Asase Ya. And so A-S-A-S-E, AsaseHeels.com, where I do healing products mm-hmm. of Soaps or um, body butters, uh, uh, spiritual water, um, mm. uh, body mist, things of that nature. And you can go to that site and order and continue the work because my body products are special. Mm. I also have um, what we call a private practice, which is onipa.com, O-N-I-P-A, which translates into people. Mm-hmm. Onipa is a tree word, um, that, and I chose that because this work is about the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on that site, onipa.com, you will um, have an opportunity to do teletherapy. So if you can't come to my office, we can do teletherapy through that, and you can make your own appointments. You know, There's a, a private client portal to send messages, mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. And you and I have the same one, in fact, mm-hmm. I think. And then, um, so those are the main two, Onipa, Asasi, Hewitt. How do people go on St. Kofa Journey? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> and this year we're going to Ghana, but we're also going to choose another country. We haven't decided which one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we went to Ghana, Togo, and Benin. Mm-hmm. It was the most powerful spiritual experience that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we went, we were invited to the... Um, what's called an Akome at Akwaside for the Asante Heni, who is the king of the Asante people. Mm. It was unbelievable. My son, who now does the journey with me and has been doing the journey with me since, uh, oh, after he got out of, so probably 2002 or something like that, um, 
speaks fluent Cree, Yoruba, Wolof, uh, Kiswahili. Um, he, he reads in, and translates Meta Nature. He's a linguist by training. Um, and uh, so he's invited to these places mm. because he can speak with the people. He, he doesn't just speak language like we learn how to speak Spanish but don't know the culture. He knows the culture mm. and he lives the culture. And so the elders respect that in him. So he was asked to speak to the king. There's a way you say in a proverb for permission to speak, and they gave him permission. And then he got an ovation <laughs> from all the chiefs. <laughs> and so that was so beautiful to see. Mm. Then we go to Benin, and we meet the Oba and the um, Minister of Cultural Affairs, and we're invited to his house for dinner. Um, the, the whole group. What? <laughs> we are invited to two shrines in the woods, mm. you know. Uh, it was just a powerful experience. We did Ganvier, which is a village in the water on stilts, um, mm. where we did, um, on June 9th in the U.S., people gather to do, to celebrate the spirits by going to the water and give offerings. We did that there on the same day, mm. you know, on, in Ganvier on the water. Um, so we made offering to our ancestors there, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a powerful experience. So we want to continue to have people. And every year is different. Mm -hmm. We never know where we're going to be invited. We have a template. Mm -hmm. And even that's different every year. But also people ask us. We probably did too much this year. But, <laughs> oh, no, we didn't do too We did what we were, we're asked to do. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm still recovering. <laughs> <laughs> Next year we're going to add another country. We don't know which one yet. Um, so, yes, they can go to sankofajourney.com. Sankofa, S-A-N. So we're saying it incorrectly. Sankofa, mm -hmm. S-A-N-K-O-F-A, although it's an O in there. <laughs> um, journey.com. Mm -hmm. And look at our pictures. See the things that we've done. Mm -hmm. I think I'm on the website. You are on the <laughs> website because you came and got engaged. <laughs> Can happen for everyone. Find love. Find love in Africa. You brought love with you. I brought it with me. It was confirmed there. It was confirmed. Yeah. There. Well, as always, it's amazing talking to you. Um, I need to have a more regular uh, session um, to really process these lived experiences of negotiating, being a psychologist, and also. Um, negotiating African spirituality and really how the, the two become married. Um, no pun intended because I got engaged there. But yeah, so you have her information. Please follow up if you want skin products, if you want therapy, if you want to travel to Africa. She does all of those things. And even her son has um, a BB2 Mikasa um, where you can learn all of those languages. So just that tape that he got Years and years ago, he created his own language-based institution online, and I've taken it. I didn't always do my homework for my Yoruba and Chi classes, but I'm still working off, off that European tongue. i got to get it out. But um, this is, has been a joy and a pleasure. I want to say his name. His name is Obadele Kamba. Okay. And my daughter Nataki has a new business solutions. Okay. 
But as always, you can follow the latest psychotherapy information through our website, psychotherapy.org, and Instagram handle at psychotherapy. It's spelled in the podcast name. And of course, if you love this podcast, like I enjoyed doing this interview, please consider sharing it. Share it with your friends who are just starting their spiritual journey, friends that are in psychology or family or otherwise who would be really influenced by the words that were shared today. And so in closing, let's remember that a path to healthy hair is having strong roots. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>